is going on everybody welcome back to the missing piece today i am going to start with a question i'm going to ask you this question have you ever said this to yourself or to somebody else and it could be in regards to fitness it could be in regards to getting your business in order getting your relationships in order have you ever said the phrase man i know what to do i just need to do it I know what to do. I just need to do. I'm sure you have. It's such a common thing. I've said it. I've said it, right? And the question is, why do we struggle so much with that? Because if we look at it from a fitness perspective, like why do people struggle to get in shape, right? It's not that they need the right macros or, or the right nutrition plan. Like you can Google that. That information is free. If you listen to this podcast, you can, you can probably have all that information. You don't need the exact right perfect workout because again, you can Google that or you can get a very low cost app. That's not, that's not hard to do. So you're like, Hey man, I know what to do. I just need to do it. And I think that's a fair assessment, but the question becomes, what is it going to take for you to just do it? Because whatever's happened to this point, it hasn't worked. You haven't just done it. So do you need more willpower, more discipline? And I would argue not because willpower and discipline, they always fade. Okay. And they come from a different place. Willpower and discipline they are something that can push us to do something that we don't want to do, okay? And pain is the same way. If you are in pain, if you're in a situation you strongly detest, you can muster up the effort. You can pull together you, your willpower. You can call it your discipline to push yourself to do something you don't want to do. But you can only do that if the pain of where you are is worse than the pain of doing the thing you don't want to do. From a fitness standpoint, most people are like, oh, I can't just work out consistently, right? But you get 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds out of shape, and all of a sudden somebody snaps that candid picture of you, or you know, you go to try on clothes and nothing fits, and all of a sudden you're like, dude, I, I, det- I do not want to be here. This is painful. The pain of being 50 pounds overweight or 20 pounds overweight or whatever is worse than the pain of putting my food into my fitness pal and, and going to the gym. And so you enact that behavior that, that pushes you to move. It pushes you to do the thing that you want to do. Okay. But that's a short term solution because willpower will run out. Discipline will run out. And most importantly, once you are out of that pain, there's nothing anymore to push you. Once the pain of where you're at is no longer worse than the pain of doing the behaviors. You'll, you'll no longer want to do them. And this is why people yo-yo diet, right? So it's like, uh, I'm in a situation, I, somebody takes this, the candid picture of me and I hate the way I look and that is so freaking painful so I can muster up the willpower and discipline or whatever, cut my calories, uh, track them in my fitness pal, go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. And once I lose that 20 pounds, I'm now out of pain. And so I stopped doing those behaviors because there's nothing motivating me anymore. And over time, that 20 pounds will creep back on until I'm disgusted with myself again and I'll just stay in this cycle forever if I don't find a way out of it. So the question doesn't become, how can I create long-term behavior change? If I know what to do and I just need to do it, how do I make follow-through completely automatic, almost easy? That's the question. That's the million-dollar question. And what it comes down to is vision. Because if pain can push you to do things that you don't want to do, then having a clear vision for yourself will pull you forward, will pull you forward. And that's where most people are just unclear. Many times we are not super clear on the vision we have for our lives. It's not like you don't know the general direction you want to go. 
You know, it's not like you don't know what you want to accomplish in life. You're going maybe in the right general direction. But the thing about vision is it needs to be crystal clear. And not only does it need to be crystal clear, it needs to be updated regularly. And if you are a little hazy and you don't have a crystal clear vision of who you want to become, right, your identity, that's number one. If you don't have a crystal clear identity of what you want out of life, that's number two. And if you don't have crystal clear vision of what you value or understanding of what your values are, what's actually important to you, then you're not going to be able to have a vision that pulls you forward. You'll never be pulled forward because painting a clear picture of who you want to become, of what you want to accomplish in life, of what you value, it ignites this desire in you. It ignites desire. And now, just like the pain pushed us, this desire for moving forward outweighs the comfort of staying where we are and we are pulled forward. I'm not even, see, see, because changing is hard or changing can be uncomfortable. And so that's why I don't want to do the behaviors required for me to change. But if I have this, this vision in front of me that's igniting this desire, it pulls me forward. And that pull is far stronger than the pull of staying where we're at. But without desire, there is no reason to leave our comfort zone. Okay, so so uh, does that make sense? There's no reason to leave. There's no reason to leave the comfort zone. So most of us live in in the comfort zone. You know, if we recap this really quick, most of us live in our comfort zone. Occasionally, we we come across a state of pain, which is below our comfort zone. And at this point, we can mobilize all of our willpower, our discipline. We can mobilize a bunch of energy to take radical action and get out of that pain. But once we're back to our comfort zone. Our ability to act, our ability to mobilize and call on all that willpower and discipline, it fades because the main motivator was pain and that pain is now gone because we're back to our comfort zone, right? The motivation in that instance is the pain and because where we're at in life is worse. The pain of where we're at in that instance is worse than the pain it would take to change the situation. So we're motivated to move. And when this is no longer true, when we're back to our comfort zone, the motivation is gone. But if pain is one motivator, the other motivator is desire. If we paint a clear picture of who we want to become, where we want to go in life, and what we value, the desire for this state, this desired state, outweighs the discomfort of growth. And we are not only motivated to, to take action, we are pulled towards action. And furthermore, just to add another layer it's like once we know our desired state, acting in opposition to that state, doing things that take us further from that state becomes painful. So we end up staying more in alignment with what we want. And so I can, I can give you a few examples, some of them a little bit higher level, some of them a little bit lower level, you know. But um, earlier this summer, okay, Angie and I took a trip to Europe. Not like, not like the sexy uh, culinary tour of Paris or, or you know, countryside uh, winery tour of Italy. No, dude. We went to Denmark, which is where my father is from and which is where my family still lives, including my 94-year-old grandfather, who was a big influence in my life. Now, I understood who I wanted to be. I understood who I wanted to be. Meaning I value relationships, I value connection with my family, um, I value in-person you know, time to spend quality time with people, I, I value showing my kids the things that were a big part of my childhood. So it's like, I, you know, talk to my wife, book the ticket, 
Now, I'm going to tell you that there were some inconveniences there. I don't, I don't like to leave my ordinary life. I don't want to get on an eight-hour plane ride with twin four-year-old boys who are just active and ready to go and full of energy. I don't want to do that. I don't, you know what I mean? And so as this trip was coming up, th- those inconveniences were weighing on me. I'm like, man, what did I get myself into? You know, what did I get myself into? How much work am I going to miss? I'm going to miss my workouts. I'm going to do this and that and the other thing. But that little discomfort of leaving my comfort zone, because that's all it was, leaving my comfort zone, it was far outweighed by the vision of who I want to become and what's important to me. And if I espouse that I value family, and I espouse that I value connecting my kids to my grandfather, and I espouse that I value in-person quality time for discussions with my aunts, uncles, cousins, it becomes no-brainer. And the trip happens. In the little minor inconveniences of traveling long distance with little kids through multiple time zones dealing with jet lag, it just doesn't even matter. It just doesn't even matter. And so even though those things were weighing on me as the trip got closer, the second we were there, the second I saw my grandfather playing with my kids, I knew it was all worth it. Every single night that I stayed up till the wee hours of the morning just catching up and enjoying the company of people in my family getting to meet my cousin's children. Dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But if I didn't have a clear vision, if I didn't know like, hey man, this is what's important to me and this is who I want to be. This is what I want my relationships to look like. If I didn't have that vision, the pain in the ass factor would have won. The pain in the ass of dragging your family to a different continent would have won and I would have stayed home and not had those experiences. And I got the same shit coming up here, dude. I said, I said, hey, man, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to set an example for my kids. So this is a two-part trip coming up here. I'm going to set an example for my kids that they're going to grow up seeing a dad who's not socially isolated, who, who has a strong group of, of male friends around him. I'm going to make sure that that happens to set that example because I don't want them to be isolated later in life like some men become, like many men become. And also, I espouse that I value personal growth and I value community. And I want to lead that example for my team as well. And so it just so happens this weekend coming up, I have a Ragnar race that I put together, right? So I'm like, man, this is a giant pain in the ass. I got to pay money for this thing, which is like the least factor. The, the, the biggest factor is dealing with all the logistics of pulling together an eight-person team, right? I guess it's a seven-person team because we never got the eighth. You know, dealing with the campsite, dealing with all the paperwork, getting everything set up to run this 20-hour relay race, you know? It was a pain in the ass, But I know as soon as I sit around, as soon as we set that campsite up and we start, you know, looking at just the beautiful hill country of central Texas and just start talking about life, I know it's going to be worth it because of the relationships uh, and the bonds that I said that I value. And even though I'm going to come right back from that on Saturday and turn right back around the following Wednesday and drive up to Dallas for an event with with Echelon Front, uh, you know, a leadership convention, if you will. That's a little bit of a logistical pain in the ass, but it doesn't matter because I told myself I value personal growth and therefore I'm going to go to continuing education events. I told myself I'm going to lead from the front for my team and I invited some of them to join me and they will and some people who, who are on our team will be joining us to share in the, you know, not only building of relationships, but share in the continued education we're all going to receive. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, dude. 
it's going to be a crazy week. This week has been crazy already leading up to this race that's in Comfort, Texas, middle of nowhere. Dealing with all those logistics, it's going to be a fun race. I'm going to come home all exhausted. I'm going to turn around and get ready to go back to Dallas for a couple of days. It's going to be a lot. But at the end of the day, I told myself I value these things. And the small inconveniences and discomforts that go to putting those things together, they're not even a factor when I made the decision to attend them because the bigger picture vision of who I am and what I value is so much more clear. And guys, this, it doesn't have to be big shit like that. It could be as small as what happens if I don't want to work out? You know, spoiler alert, I don't always feel like working out. I feel like there's other shit I could be doing with my time, you know? And any given day, I could find an excuse to not work out, period. I can. I can find that excuse and I can and I can go do something else with my time. But at the end of the day, because I'm so clear on who I want to become, what I want to accomplish, what's important to me, it would actually, even though it's an inconvenience to stop what I'm doing and go work out or to wake up early and go work out, even though that's an inconvenience, it, it would be far outweighed. It would be far more painful for me to violate my own values. Hey, I said that I value physical health. I said that this is who I want to become. I said that this is my goal. So missing this workout would be far too painful, way more painful than the inconvenience of getting up early to get it done. You know, and it's, it's really easy peasy like that. Why is it so easy peasy? Because you, because I've created and I, and I encourage you to do the same thing. I, I bet you've done this in your life before. You just haven't like maybe unpacked it exactly, but it's creating a desired state. I am sure that there's been a time in your life and you can think back on it now. When were you so dialed in? When was your output ridiculously high, but your perceived effort was relatively low? Like, man, I am crushing it right now. This doesn't even feel hard. Usually, if you look back, it's because you had created a desired state for yourself. And goals are good. Goals are good for creating a desired state. But the real magic in the real magic in setting a big lofty goal is what they unlock for you, right? And what they unlock for you is what is what I call an aspirational identity. Because the key to accomplishing something huge is asking yourself, who do I need to become in order to achieve that thing? If I craft this giant vision of a big, amazing life, the next logical question is, who do I need to become to have that life? Who do I need to become to have that business, to have that team, to have that spouse, to have that body? Who do I need to become? And I call that an aspirational identity. And I think that's as far as like a, a logistical framework I could give you. That's the most important thing I say is let's create an aspirational identity. The goal is good. I want to accomplish something. But more than that, get really, really, really clear on the life you want to live. All aspects of it. And I'm going to help you do that in just a second. And then work backwards into who do I need to become? And I call that my aspirational identity. So here's a couple things you can journal on to think about how do I become the version of me who can have the life that I want? Ask yourself this question. How does this version of me spend their time? What does a day and a week and a month look like for you when you are in this level? What kind of work are you doing? And there's, a, there's kind of a misconception out there that, you know, oh man, if in a perfect idealized world, I wouldn't be working. No, that's bullshit. Humans are wired to contribute. Humans are wired to fucking hunt. So I want to ask yourself, what does that hunt look like for you? What does your work time look like? But also, what does your free time look like? How are you spending your, your time when you're not working? Who are you spending it with? And when you ask yourself, what does your body look like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it capable of? What is something that just 
calls to you like, man, it would be amazing if I could whatever run 50 miles. If I could, you know, do 20 chin-ups, you know, for me, I'm like, man, I want to be so capable to continue to train jujitsu for the rest of my life. You know, what is, what is the body in of this aspirational identity? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it capable of? What, how does it perform? Then I want you to ask yourself, what do your relationships look like? What do your relationships look like? First of all, with whom? Like, who are you spending your time? Who are you spending your energy in relationships with? What are the dynamics of those relationships? What are the dynamics of the relationship with you and your significant significant other? Very few people would do this exercise and be like, yeah, man, uh, the ideal dynamic is that we're bitching at each other all the time and never having sex, right? Like, it's probably not that. Feel free to have, you know, the most idealized version here because what it's going to do is if you can look at what are the relationship dynamics that you desire, then you can also work backwards and be like, well, who do I need to be in that relationship in order to create that dynamic? So what does it look like with your significant other? What does it look like with your kids, with your, with your parents, with your siblings, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your team members? Who are your mentors? Who are you mentoring? How do I make people around me feel? These are really important questions. So how do you relate to the world through other people? What do your relationships look like? When I ask yourself this elevated version of yourself, this aspirational identity, what does that person value? What does that person value? Do they love Outrage culture, probably not, right? And he's like, and I, and I say these things, these these contrasts, because it paints the picture of like, dude, if you can be anybody you want, start with the obvious stuff. What do I value? What's really truly important to me? And then the, the last question I'm going to give you for today is, what emotions do I feel consistently? Am I constantly angry? Am I constantly butthurt and offended and outraged? Probably not. Probably pretty fulfilled. Probably pretty peaceful. Maybe I'm feeling joy consistently, hope, you know, maybe I'm resourceful. These would be good things to aspire towards. And so if you create this identity, what happens is if you're crystal clear on it and you revisit it often just by thinking about it, journaling on it, like setting, setting goals based around it, like whatever the case is, if you can create this for yourself, what happens is when you act out of alignment with it, like little internal alarm bells go off. Like, oh, dude, that's not who I want to be. But in order to have that little internal alarm system working, you have to first be aware. You have to first paint the picture. And the more you become this person, the more it is natural for you to achieve the things that that person can achieve and to live the life that that person can live. And so this, this clear picture I'm talking about, this clear picture of the lifestyle you want, uh, of what you want to accomplish, and most importantly, who you want to become, it, it gives clarity, it's a vision of your life, and it creates and ignites this desire that pulls us forward. And so now, the behaviors that are uncomfortable, the pain in the ass things, like going to the gym, or tracking your food, or dragging your kids across to a different continent to visit with family, these uncomfortable things are easy to stick with because the desire to bring that vision to reality outweighs the discomfort of the things that have to, that you have to do to get you there. And more than that, when we're faced with the choice to act out of alignment with that vision, 
when we're faced with a choice to violate our own values, the thought of doing so is so painful. In fact, it's too painful for us to act on because we are so aware of the long-term fulfillment that comes from acting in alignment with what we want and who we want to become. That's all I got for you guys today. All I got. (laughs) Honestly, listen to this again. Listen to it with a pen and paper in hand. Like Write down those questions from the aspirational identity. How do you spend your time? What does your body look, feel, and perform like? What are your relationship dynamics? What do you value? What emotions do you feel consistently? If you get clear on that, if you get crystal, crystal clear on that, you will, it will become almost automatic for you to start consistently changing your behavior and it won't even feel difficult. If you create the vision and it truly ignites desire in you, acting in alignment with that vision is second nature. That's why it's like, dude, I could give you the best macros in the world. I could give you the best workout in the world. I could give you the, the best business plan in the world. I could, I could tell you all the things, but until you are crystal clear on your identity, It'll be impossible to create a really long-term behavior change if you haven't first shifted your identity and got yourself into a state of desire for a lifestyle that you really, really want. All right? That's what I got for you for today, guys. As always, head over to thegoodshit.info. That's that's my new site, or new-ish. It's under construction, so I guess it's new. Stay in touch there. I got all my socials on there. There's a link to my Substack on there, which is where you can sign up to make sure you're notified when I create new articles and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can check me out on Certainty News, which I'll be adding a button to as well. That's you know a little different avenue for my writing, you know, news articles without an opinion, but certainly a fun project I've been working on. Last but not least, for those who have reached out and are interested in the retreat that we're hosting, that is February 3rd and 4th in 2024. So we initially sold out all the rooms at the venue. And so what we're working on now is securing more rooms so we can have more people join us for the retreat. And if that is something you're interested in, you need to reach out to me on social media is fine. Reach out to me. Or if you, you know, are in the Angie method program or know somebody who is, and that's, you know, if you have contact with Angie or Kristen, that's just reach out to somebody, get yourself on the wait list so that when we do get some more rooms, we can notify you and say, hey, we got more capacity and um, and you're, and you're going to get first dibs on it for being on the wait list. Okay. That's what I got for you guys for now. Have an awesome day and I'll talk to you soon.